Welcome to another episode of the Houdat Jedi Podcast. As always, I'm Aaron, and I'm always Aaron. I'm never anything else, I suppose, except for when I'm Batman. Oh, shoot. I shouldn't have said that. Uh, joined with me, as always, however, is Fredo and Dave. Hi, guys. Hello. Hello. And uh, tonight's Marvel Night. We should have we should have had Scott Colesby on this, but uh, but it's that's all right. Um, we'll we'll bring him on because I'm sure there's more Marvel coming on. But yeah, there's been so much Marvel stuff going on, and Star Wars has been kind of quiet. And like I said, we've always talked about how this podcast is not just about Star Wars. Um, so we're gonna be we're gonna be talking all things Marvel. Uh, um, I may have Dave afraid afraid that I'm going to like duke it out with him, but no, I'm not going to. So. Um, I had I had strong opinions about the final Loki episode, so we'll talk about it. it it's uneducated, you know, problems. So, um, but anyway, so um, yeah, how how things been going this week? <laughs> it's been a week. <laughs> it's been a week. It, it has been a week. Yeah, it starts out our our trivia team won. Yay! The, the uh, you know the T Rex Jedi um, trivia team won, and then we went out to find out our cars got broken into. So <laughs> that was fun. Um, yeah. But, Part of a wave of about 25 or so vehicles busted into. And how, how, how ticked off they must have been because when they busted into mine, there's nothing in there to steal and they bust into yours <laughs> and there's like $2 and change. So Basically. all they had was the fun of breaking out a window. So whatever. Um, so that was fun. Dave, how about you? Where were you on Monday night around between the hours of 7.30 and 10.30? <laughs> I have no idea. The days are just sort of blending into each other at this point. Um, so I've got part-time work that, like, um, it's not a Monday through Friday kind of deal. So it's like, it's just you're you're on when you're on. And, uh, and so, like, I'm <laughs> What, what day is today? I'm yeah, not, I was going to say, you don't know sure. what day it is. You don't know what yeah. time it is. Yeah. Yeah. However, I, now, I don't know if you have this on the, um, uh, no, you don't have this on the news. Did you hear, by the way, uh, Hasbro Pulse, the, um, their, what was it? Uh, oh, the thing that I got, the sale barge. It's the, anyway, their, their new, their new thing that I think they're going to be pushing is a six inch scale six inch figure scale, the black series scale rancor. Mm-hmm. So that's, yeah, the next, I saw that. that's the next thing that you can, uh, you can crowdsource crowdfund or whatever. So, but it's more important than the trap black series trapper wolf. Nah, black series. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, the, uh, I saw some figures on, on social the other day where it was the, uh, uh again, Tartofsky clone wars, mini series figures. And I thought, oh, that's fun. Like somebody went to the trouble of actually making those into action figures. You know, that's the thing about collecting is that it's it it has to be like, I, I you see it and it's like, I dig that. You know, it, there's something that's got to be some connection. People who try to give me all things Star Wars, I'm, it's not necessarily going to, you know, trip my trigger. It's kind of like the, you know, the Razor Crest that they did, you know, the crowdfunding thing. I, I mean, I was not geeked out over it as much as when they did the sail barge and that was one of those things where i was like you know i had i had saved up money from lessons and stuff and i you know 
and I was like, man, that's, yeah, it's a lot of money. But then I thought if I, if it ends up getting released and then it's never released again, it was, I was like, I, I was so geeked out over it. It was like one of those things where I was like, all right, I just, I just gotta. So now. Yeah. I think if there's ever a scarcity concern, then like, just like do it, just do it. I mean, I, but the TurboGrafx Mini was one for me like that, you know, because like last year you had to order the silly thing. They weren't releasing them like uh, above a certain number unless you just put in a pre-order. Um, and so I was like, yeah, I gotta, I gotta get this thing because it, it'll go up in price and it's gone up in price. So it's like, yeah, I feel good. So do you all have any, since we're talking Marvel tonight, do you have any Marvel collectibles? Not really. Uh, I'm mm-hmm. trying to think of anything that collectible uh, was. Maybe a couple of Funkos. That's about it. Nothing. Nothing that I go. Oh my gosh! Do you, you know that kind of thing? My son collects the um, like the Titan series, which are like the big one, big big figures, and they uh, they they regularly line up in uh, battle poses around the house. <laughs> And do they take on Darth Vader and and Luke Skywalker <laughs> at any point? You know, sometimes, but he he usually just keeps it in universe. There's yeah. many there's many times where Superman and Darth Vader would invade Barbie's townhouse. You know, in our when I was growing up. So anyway, well, all right. Well, let's uh, let's do some let's do some trivia here. And uh, like I said, we're we're doing some different trivia. It's not going to be Star Wars trivia since we're talking Marvel. And we're really going to be talking about Loki. Um, so I've found an MCU quiz. How well do you know Loki? And so I guess this starts off easy. So I'm going to take the first one. Loki is the god of, and these are all multiple choice, deception, tricks, mischief, or misdirection. And now I'm thinking I shouldn't have picked this one, but he's the god of mischief, right? And I, the clickbait thing, I'm, I'm guessing that I got it right because we're on to question two. So I don't yes, know. he's got a mystery. All right. So, uh, mystery. All right. I guess we'll find out later. I don't know how many of these are. All right. So Dave, where is Loki the rightful heir to? And I'm not even going to try to pronounce all these. So. Jotunheim. Yeah. He, he's the rightful heir to. Okay. Thank you. That's how you pronounce that. All right. Well, I selected that one. I guess we'll find out if we're correct later. Um, the clickbait site is taking forever to load. All right. Uh, Fredo, how did Loki sabotage Thor's coronation? He uh, had a couple of frost giants invade Asgard to try to steal something from Odin's so treasure room. I will accept allowing frost giants into Asgard. I probably should have pronounced that differently. Sorry, Asgard. There's no nice. It's like not Asgard. That was that's one. Of, that's one of my favorite jokes in Ragnarok. Actually, I know you don't like Ragnarok as much as we do, but uh, where he's like, I found these guns in Texas. It's <laughs> <laughs> like yes, that is how you pronounce it. Oh. Good lord. All right. So this is mine. Loki fell through a wormhole due to the destruction of the Bifrost. Where did it take him? Okay. So, hmm. Uh, was it? There's the, 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 the options are Svartalheim, Midgard, Vanaheim, and Sanctuary. 
Um, I'm going to say Midgard. Am I right, guys? This is an audio podcast, so I can't. And I'm I'm looking <laughs> so, yeah. at the site. So Dave and I are both shaking our heads, saying no. It's a sanctuary. All right, isn't it? Isn't that the name of the? I think so. Yeah. So Grandmaster. Okay. Planet. See, I suck. All right. So Dave, what did Thanos give Loki in a deal for the Tesseract? Was it a place for his army, help conquering Earth, help conquering Asgard, or freedom? Well. Help conquering Earth. All right. Well, we will select that. I don't know how many questions this is. So um, let's see it here. Never ends. It never like, ends. Like Loki, it's a never ends. <laughs> Until I've seen all the ads. Um, Fredo, where did Loki fake his death in a fight against the Dark Elves? Was it Nilfheim, Svartalheim, what'd you say, Jotunheim? Jotunheim. Or Asgard? Uh, shoot. I think I'm trying to remember. Is that there's the realm of the dark elves? So I want to say that maybe Nilfgaard, maybe the name of it. That wasn't one of the options. Are you, you mean Nilfheim? Nilfheim. Sorry. Okay. Sorry. I I didn't know if it was like you know mm-hmm. a big deal here. All right. So for me, man, I'm gonna be embarrassing myself. What had Loki been like? I don't always. What had Loki been doing while secretly alive? Speaking with Thanos, gathering followers, recovering, or impersonating Odin. I do know this. He was impersonating Odin. Right? Yep. Yep. Okay. Dave, I'm hoping this is 10 questions, by the way, uh, because we're on question eight. Where did Loki put Odin whilst under his spell? Was it in Norway on Midgard? Shady Acres Care Home for the Elderly on Midgard? In Asgard's dungeon under a disguise, or in Jotunheim as a prisoner? Shady Acres. Shady Acres care home. And Fredo, what did Loki place in the eternal flame in order to invoke Ragnarok? Was it the cosmic cube, the tuning fork, an infinity stone, or the crown of Surtur? It was Surtur's crown. All right. I'm, again, here's question 10. I'm hoping that this is the last one. If it, if it isn't, then it will be the last one. Well, I'll just guess if we got them all right. Um, what were Loki's last words to Thanos? Um, you will die. You will not win. You will never be a god. Or you will never defeat Thor. Um, I think it was you will die, right? Or am I wrong? No, I'm not sure about this one. Yeah. All right, so we are at the end. You will never be a god. We're we're at the end. Um, We got a seventy percent, guys, and I'm I'm the one that brought the team down. I'm sure. So Loki was the god of mischief. We got that right. Loki is the rightful heir to Jotunheim. We got that right. Uh, How did Loki sabotage Thor's coronation, allowing frost giants into Asgard? Uh, question four, which I missed. He fell through a wormhole. Where did it take him? It took him to, uh, we said Midgard, but it's Sanctuary, as you guys told me. Um, question five, what did Thanos give Loki in the deal for the Tesseract? He said it was help conquering Earth. Got that one right. Where did Loki fake his death in a fight against the Dark Elves? We said Nilfheim, and it was actually Svartalheim. Yeah, that one. Yeah. And uh, I'll take the L on that one. Uh, what had Loki been doing while secretly alive? We said impersonating Odin, and I was correct on that one. Dave, 
where it's we, the question was where did Loki put Odin while under his spell? And you said Shady Acres, and that was correct. Fredo, what did Loki place in the Eternal Flame in order to invoke Ragnarok? And you said the Crown of Surtur, and that was correct. And I, as we already covered, I blew the last one. I said you will die, and then yes, you're correct. You will never be a god. That was the answer. So that is our our Loki quiz. So yeah, now got Eternal Flame uh, uh, in my head. <laughs> Thank you. Close your Please eyes. Give me your hand. Darling. How much can I sing before we break uh, copyright law? Do you feel the same? Am I only dreaming? All right. So uh, we got we do have a little bit of Star Wars news. So Fredo, what's uh, what's going on in Star Wars land? So, just right quick, actually, uh, two bit of news about Star Wars. The first one, I'm not sure we covered it last week. Uh, the Disney Gallery is going to be coming out with a special episode on August 25th, touching on the filming of the season two finale of The Mandalorian. So, it's going to be, in particular, there'll be a big focus on uh, the Luke Skywalker cameo, how they managed to make, bring Luke into the fold for... Um, season two of the Mandalorian and the technology involved, the de-aging, the, all that stuff. So so why do you guys think this took so long for this to come out? Wouldn't this be something that would be, you know, like the next week after that episode aired? You know, what, I mean, why do you, why do you think that they, or did they think it was like, Hey, let's wait six months and because they'll need something star Wars. I think it's the latter. Yeah. To be honest, like, uh, I, I'm I'm excited that they k- keep sprinkling things out. They don't have a lot of new content right now, right? Um, mm-hmm. But they but they're still like they're like dipping into their reservoir to to release things. We I saw Droids was on Disney Plus recently. They didn't really make a big announcement about that. It was like, oh, Droids is there now. Um, there are these like um, there are these vignettes that they have on there now too, like where you can. Um, like fly over Hoth and it's just like scenery, right? With soothing music. So you can do that. You can have that at your next massage instead of, uh, you know, wind chimes <laughs> or whatever. This is like, uh, you know, none of this stuff is earth shattering, but it's it's cool that it's there. And it's fun that they're throwing uh, us all a bone in that way. Mm-hmm. I mean, realistically, one thing that you could say is Disney Plus has not been lacking for content unless there's something you specifically favor like say star wars in that case i mean mean, they still got the bad patch coming out weekly but beyond that i mean if anybody's waiting for the live action stuff it's been um, we're we're all waiting when actually i'll touch it that'd be the next story it was um it was star wars underworld this week that was talking about that and they had a very good point that it actually is probably somewhere in the middle where if they were to be developing this documentary on that final episode, then that means all the more people that would be involved and capable of leaking the fact that Luke Skywalker is in, you know, so I think it was probably more of like, okay, you, you just, you know, we'll, we'll develop this later, you know, so that we don't have, it was like the whole Grogu thing. You know, we didn't really, they didn't release a toy right off the bat because they didn't mm-hmm. want that leaking out. So I think uh, Favreau and Filoni are like kind of mastering the art of keeping a secret. Um, so Well, they're recognizing that the important thing is the story and that 
with the demand and the hunger that fans have for anything Star Wars related. It's vital for them to keep those surprises close to their chest. Because yeah. once it's out, you can't bring it back. So it's a lot better for people to go, oh, you know, we're thinking we might get Ahsoka and people you know, spend weeks expecting Ahsoka and then boom, you get her. And then she mentions Thrawn and everybody freaks out. And then, you know, oh, who's Grogu watching the thing? Even just the idea of him having the name of Grogu was a big deal. Uh, yeah, I think if they had, you know, oh, let the toys out, let the merch out first. Yeah, it would have sold, but there would have been an impact to the the way people receive the story. Yeah, but to to Dave's point, you know, it is you also you have the streaming service, and so as you sprinkle things, you just can't, you know, front load the year with all your Star Wars stuff, and then nobody watches your streaming service, you know. But if it's like every so often you get a new little nugget, you know. So anyway, now I'm looking forward to seeing that. Um, there's uh, so anyway, yeah. So not so, not everybody is uh, like Marvel fan or Disney fan or a Pixar fan or whatever you know. There's some fans who are just Star losers. Wars fans. Yeah, no, oh, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> well, there's just folks who are just into Star Wars that have Disney Plus just for the Star Wars right. content. So it makes sense to give them content on the regular. Right, you keep them on the line. Speaking of content on the regular. Uh, there was a really interesting article uh, on American Cinematographer magazine uh, speaking about uh, filming on sets, on digital sets, and kind of the new technology that's been employed since the start of the pandemic uh, regarding you know virtual production sets, the massive or you know, all these sets. So obviously, top turns to the Mandalorian. So I'll mention a couple of quotes from the article that specifically go. Uh, shows that plan to leverage in-camera virtual effects from the start include two that will be shot using StageCraft, ILM's real-time animation pipeline for LED volumes. The Book of Boba Fett, which will be released later this year, Obi-Wan Kenobi, which is set for release in 2022. Both series will use the same volume initially built for The Mandalorian, which season three of The Mandalorian is now in production. So they're telling you, but just just this random magazine article saying, oh yeah, by the way, that show everybody's waiting to get news on. Yeah, they're making it. Well, Katie Sackoff also kind of uh, let that leak this week as well on her, um, I think, Instagram stories. Um, I mean, didn't come out and just say it, but it was pretty obvious, you know, that what she was talking about. So, right, it's kind of interesting that that is filming without really nobody knowing or saying anything because when season one was going on you had people spying on the whole thing and you know they found they found where they were filming and they were standing in a parking garage you know overlooking this whole thing so anyway well what's in, what's interesting is, uh, and before i let dave talk so you got mandalorian season three filming in southern california you got uh obi-wan kenobi filming in pinewood in london in england and you have Cassie and Andor also filming in England. So if you're one of those guys who wants to you know, get the drop or the scoop, you now have to be in multiple places to get that. Not, not even like down the street. It's, you know, halfway around the world. That's true. Yeah. Well, maybe that could work in their favor in terms of keeping secrets. He's talked about that, Aaron. They're getting, they're pretty good at this at this point. So it's like, yes, let's film while they're filming halfway across the world. And maybe we can go a little more incognito with it. 
Yeah, it uh, also it also it also helps that they're you know filming while in and coming out of a pandemic, so it's not like you know yeah, people are a little bit uh, less inclined to. Um, yeah. So anyway, and they're more comfortable with the volume too at this point, which means you can film a lot of this stuff indoors, right? And people don't even have the opportunity to see anything. Um, so you know, it, yeah. But like for me, that's kind of like an exciting piece of news because we know the turnaround time on this is a little under a year. Mm-hmm. So we had been speculating and thinking like next June. Um, so we're kind of still in line for something along that time frame next summer. Yeah, no, it's interesting. They already mentioned, you know, we all, everybody knew Book of Boba Fett was coming Christmas. They're confirming Obi-Wan Kenobi is coming next year. And then, you know, Cassian Andrews dropping sometime in Mandalorian season three, dropping somewhere in there. I imagine kind of like we're talking about, we're going to talk about the Marvel shows much in the same way. They're going to be like, okay, there's certain windows where we're going to want to hit with these shows to get maximum reaction from the fan base, well, maximum attention from, you know, response in general. And that's the thing is that when you're looking at when Star Wars stuff is going to be released on Disney Plus, you also have to look at when Marvel stuff is going to be released on Disney Plus because you're not going to have no. it would be it would be insane to have on a on a Wednesday the Low you know PM. the new the new Marvel show dropping at the same time the new star wars show is dropping because it's yeah. like nerds heads will explode you know what are we what am i gonna do um so get up earlier in the day get up earlier in the day. i yeah, that's the least of their concerns that our our state of mind that we would have a meltdown over it uh i think they were more concerned with you know like you say sprinkling the content out over the course of the calendar so like, well you also yeah, for that reason it would be insane but but i'm but i'm quite serious that if it was so this is me i'm the uber star wars guy who you i've come to like marvel but when we were at target one night and we realized oh crap we missed the loki episode tonight oh well we'll catch it in a couple days that wouldn't happen with star wars with me i mean it I, I will watch bad batch now at 5 30 in the morning if i've got time so if i am faced with on a single day of the new star wars and the new marvel i'm gonna watch the new star wars and the new marvel will come when it when come when you know whenever i want it to so you're gonna be screwing with um you're gonna be screwing with ratings you know what i mean so, mm-hmm. and then look, one of the things that, and Disney, I know that sounded dirty, so you don't have to give yours all smirky faces. <laughs> uh, no, I was gonna say, uh, so we and we know Disney is very much into the I'm not gonna say a ratings war, there is a list of the top stream shows in America comes out every week. They like to have as many and be as high on that list as they can, and that's them, Netflix, Hulu. Amazon that they recognize that that's important. So, because again, it draws attention to their shows. It draws interest. It shows, look, we're making good content. And that's what matters. It's about keeping that fan base that's already in, locked in, and then attracting new people. So it, it makes sense. It makes sense. They're not, you know, they're not, I don't think they'll ever be in a position where be like, oh my gosh, we're going to cram everything all into one week or one month. Yeah. 
they know that they got they got I, people. That's the ideal, though. Like mm-hmm. five years down the road, like when you get to a point where they're producing enough content, then it's like oh, you know what we we do have a new Marvel show and a new Star Wars show debuting at the same time. Like I think that's the dream scenario for them, but it's just they don't have enough content right now. They're not producing enough to to pull that off. So again, I'll just mention right quick the last bit of news. It's not and it's not Star Wars, it's not Marvel, it's not Disney. It's actually local. Uh, so this weekend, July 23rd through the 25th, we'll have MechaCon Anime Convention in New Orleans. It's taking place over at the Hyatt Regency. Uh, we can pass it $60 for children down and under, and it's 45 So if you're going, if you're interested, it's happening. Obviously, given the new realities of our situation, they're asking people to wear masks and you know provide uh, either you know show that you've got another vaccine or that you've not been tested positive. So if you're into that kind of thing, high regency starting tomorrow. There you go. Cool. All right. Well, uh, thanks for the for the news there. And so now it's uh, time to get into a little bit of a catch up of what's been going on in the MCU, uh, mainly talking about Black Widow and Loki. Um, <clears throat> I will say uh, we saw Black Widow last weekend. Um, Fredo is looking at, he hasn't seen it yet, so I, we can't give any spoilers here. But here, here's, well, my, going to. here's here's my take on it. Um, really enjoyed it. Um, no, it's not the best Marvel movie ever made. Um, I will say, however, I think it is probably one of a few of the Marvel movies that is just kind of it, it's kind of a standalone thing that you can watch it you haven't seen really any other marvel stuff and you can enjoy you kind of get the idea of what her story is and i mean there's um so it, it was kind of like captain marvel in that in that case it just it, it, it connected there were a lot i mean there were a lot of connections but it wasn't like you had to get out your marvel encyclopedia to to know what was going on um it was uh i mean it was it was funny you know they kind of also said that uh oh there's going to be all sorts of special appearances and i was i i not really i mean kind of not really you know so um but no it was it was enjoyable and i thought uh i really enjoyed the new characters um yeah so, I mean, I can't, I, I'm trying not to get, I don't want to give anything away to Fredo, but I don't know. So Dave, I, was, I mean, you're, I think we're both kind of along the, the same lines of what you were saying last week. It's, it, it's a good story. It's not the best Marvel thing out there. Um, but uh, it was, uh, yeah, it was just really good. I think uh, the one thing I would reiterate is that it, uh, it's a little late to the party. Um, it's just, you know, it's a story that's set in a different time that we're sort of t- trying to turn the page on. Um, and this is one of the thing, one of the topics of the show this week is what we're going to be talking about. How does Marvel turn the page from this point forward? Um, and it's so it's not that. And there's there's an interesting thing. Uh, Brittany showed me this TikTok. Um, there there was some dude on Twitter a couple days ago who was going through every Marvel movie. And the worst character in each Marvel movie. And 
every single one of his worst characters in every single Marvel movie was a female character. You know, and it's just so some of the criticism and we've heard of this movie. Here's the thing, guys, that this movie is all about women. So that's that's it's it's I mean, there there is a deeper story that's going on here and a very relevant story that's going on in 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 Black Widow. Um, And uh, so, yeah, the (laughs) sorry. The, the incels are are going nuts over this one because there's there's nothing for them in it, so that's and again that's relevant and timely, yeah, and that's fair, mm-hmm. and it really is hundred uh, percent, yeah. Um, I I had moments of thinking of our current political climate, um, over the course of the movie, and it's like, oh wow, that rings true, doesn't it? Um, so yeah, I uh, in that way, it's very much a uh, relevant film but yeah it's like story-wise we're we're kind of turning the page backwards yeah i guess i'll just simply say i have, I have not seen it the one kind of a uh, couple of things i've kind of picked up from people randomly oh. is that they really do wish it would have come out after civil war because i believe that's when it's supposed to be taking place within the timeline of the movie and i'm like yeah it should have it's it was long overdue by years but then you know everybody it was almost like the 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 obvious mistake that marvel was doing you know they were giving thor three movies they were giving captain america three movies they were making guardians they're making this making that it's like uh you got one of your og avengers here who still hasn't got a single movie and surprise you're putting it you know when it finally comes out you're like really now so uh, I'll save any other uh, thoughts for after I've seen it. Hopefully this weekend. Yeah, but, but, Unless something else happens. <laughs> but here's the thing, and this is not this is not a spoiler, but it's stretch of the imagination. Here, and it's kind of a commentary that's in the movie. I mean, they're kind of, it's almost like a um, Marvel is Marvel Studios is kind of like acknowledging a failure. In that, let's be honest, in, when she first came out, Black Widow was nothing but eye candy. I, 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 that's not yeah. me. That's not me being a chauvinistic pig here. But that was, I mean, when her first, she first came out, it was just, you know, Scarlett Johansson in a cat suit. And there wasn't mm-hmm. really any depth to the character at all. I mean, yeah, she kicked butt. But that character developed and became, you know, something more. And I think they're, I think they acknowledge in this movie that, yeah, that's, um, we, we failed back then. And that's good to see. And it's a, it's a good thing that they did that. I think there's a certain level of atonement in that. And of course, they give her more um, development here than they do in any of the other movies combined. Uh, well, it's her movie, right? So, of course. But uh, uh, and, and, it's it's still late. Yeah, I mean, yeah. But it <laughs> well, hands down, however, it, it also it makes her sacrifice in Endgame that much more meaningful. Um, they, they do a good job of just, and actually not just her sacrifice in Endgame, but her role in Endgame, you know, the ownership that she took in, you know, the Avengers and everything, all that is it there's, it, I mean, it gets paid off in this movie. So, yeah. And I, and I think that that's kind of the catch. I mean, I mean, we're, remember we're talking when, you know, when Martin, now that Marvel's not necessarily apologizing, but trying to rectify past mistakes these are not mistakes done 30 years ago 20 years ago. these are mistakes that 
2009, 2011, 2014. So even just a few years back, they were still kind of like, oh no, time's not right yet for a movie like Captain Marvel or Black Widow. So I think they've they've kind of making amends, but they're also learning at least about that. Yes, there is an audience for those movies. Or or Black Panther. Or, mm-hmm. or Black Panther or Shang-Chi or a lot, I think mm-hmm. that's one of the bigger lessons we're going to talk about in the future is, you know, coming up is the recognition that, yeah, there's audiences for all these other stories and all these other characters. So if you give it to them, they will show up. So let's, let's talk about something that we've all seen and give me the chance to piss both of you off. Um, uh, the, the finale of Loki, uh, I was bored. I was bored. And this is the way I put it. I think I said it to Fredo on Monday. Mm-hmm. I said it was like Rocky four and Apollo Creed has been killed. And the whole movie, you got Rocky training to fight the Russian and to, you know, you know, and avenge, uh, you know, Apollo Creed's death and went, you know, and then you get to the ring and they just talk it out for 15 rounds. Uh, to me, it See? was, it was, so I, it wasn't that this doesn't make me not like Loki, the the series and everything like that. And I get there's some other cool stuff that, you know, come to find out that was in there. And I, you know, but it was it was such a like I said, it was a build up to this big, you know, fight with this person that that we don't really get any solid confirmation if it was somebody who is didn't do the didn't do the homework didn't do you know didn't know anything but has been watching Loki and enjoying it and they get to the final episode and they don't know that it's Kang the Conqueror you know they don't there's no it's there's it's all done in euphemisms and in you know um and then like I said then you, the final confrontation is mainly a monologue and it was just kind of like it just kind of took the wind out of the sails. I was just kind of like, uh, I'm just kind of, I, I wasn't as into it. So I guess the way I described it. To and again, Monday, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Everybody understand. This is Aaron who has only come to the MCU since this, the, you know, a year ago. Um, so this is a very ignorant place to come from, but I mean, that is, there are people who are sitting down to these Marvel shows like WandaVision, they've never seen any Marvel stuff, and they watched WandaVision, and they really enjoyed it. They're watching Falcon and Winter Soldier, and they really enjoy it. And, you know, they're watching Loki, and I think that they would get to this last episode and go, what? So, anyway, I'll let you guys talk. Well, I guess you'll, well, I was just going to say before I let Dave go, because we kind of talked about it a bit. I liked it. I liked it for what it was, but then I also recognized mighty quick that this wasn't going to be a finale where the climax of the thing was an epic battle. At least not an epic battle of strength or skill. This was a finale with an epic battle of wit. You know, think back to Princess Bride. It's a battle of wits. It's too smart. It's a smart person against another smart person and putting you in a spot where any choice you make may end up in your death. So that's kind of the, the juxtaposition that the Kang that we meet at the end of time gives to Sylvie. It's the, you kill me, worse things are happening. You don't kill me, your whole reason for existing disappears. So 
what are you going to do? Yeah, but do you feel like that's what that's where you were being taken the entire season? Was no. this it's, See, that's my thing is like going to a concert and the band closes on a ballad. But it depends on the ballad. No, it doesn't. It <laughs> I'm, does. I'm sorry, no, it doesn't. <laughs> Dave, Dave, okay, so Dave, uh, come at me. What what do you think? I mean, you you dug it. I I know you dug it. Yeah, I like it a lot. And I think like again, this is where we talk about doing the homework, right? And and where there's there's this disconnect between the people who have either are already familiar with these characters or have read about them and are like doing the deep dives and trying to figure this stuff out versus the people who are just like you just said, general audiences who are just like I'm coming in for to be entertained and that's all. I don't care about the lore. Um, I had no expectation that we would get to see Kang this early. I knew that he was going to be a major figure in the next phase of the MCU. He's going to be an Ant-Man and Wasp. um, Yeah, at minimum. Um, And I think like they were setting him up to become the big bad, the next Thanos, if you will. Um, and so for me, I had no expectation that we get to see him in this series. I think I thought they would they would wait. Um, they did not wait. It's <laughs> like, here he is. So and so I was wrapped. I was just like, oh, my gosh, what's he going to say? How's this going to play out? Where are we going with this? You know, I was just like, you know, on the edge of my seat, listening to every word, trying to trying to figure out where this is all headed and not to, not to ask them to be formulaic, but here's where I think I wouldn't have been as put out if they would have done something like they did in WandaVision where in like the, what was it like the second or third episode from the end is when it was Agatha all along. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that Agatha is the foil. We didn't know who the foil was until halfway through the final episode and even then they don't give you a name so you know what i mean it's so this seemed to me like marvel being impressed with its own nerddom a little bit and 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 it's you know um you know and i guess i guess to be fair let's go back to mandalorian the last you know the last episode not once does it say luke skywalker anywhere no, he doesn't introduce himself as Luke Skywalker. So there could be people who are watching that going, who the hell's this guy? So I get that, everybody. I get it. Um, so this one was, though, just kind of if they would have like that, because let's let's face it, in some of the Loki episodes, there was some downtime where they could have been laying the groundwork for, yeah, we're going after this guy, you know, not some mystery figure behind a veil. So. And I think that's part, that is one of the big criticisms that I do have of Loki. I enjoyed it. Actually, really enough, I think the things that hit with people, at least hit with me, were a lot of more esoteric, trippy, out there kind of stuff. Like episode five is just candy. You know, Richard Grant is the classic Loki, alligator Loki, President Loki. All that stuff was just joyful and silly and fun. Uh, you know, when Loki's dealing with... Um, uh, Mobius and Pompeii and all this stuff. When you let Loki kind of be the kind of mystery, it gets to be fun. But yeah, there was a lot of downtime on this season of season one of Loki, which we know going to be a season two. So I do wonder, I mean, part of me was thinking, and I mentioned to you beforehand, 
uh, if it would not have been better as a movie, even if it had been a movie released on Disney Plus, you know, uh, you know, of the of the three MCU TV shows, I think the one that hit the market being an actual TV show the best was One Division. But that's because they, it was as a concept, it was built around the idea of television. You know, from the very all the episodes with the idea of uh, developing a, a particular episode around the motif of a particular decade. Whereas both Falcon and Winter Soldier and Loki were more continuing stories that just became, okay, you got to a point, we cut off, we move on to the next. So I do wonder if maybe if they had trimmed some of the fat, put it together, they would have recognized, oh, you know, we really haven't announced who the big bad is yet. And, you know, it's almost the end of the story. Maybe we need to start talking about that. So do either of you, and maybe Dave, I'll throw this to you, because uh, we went and saw Black Widow with with Ryan and his wife, Elise. You know, Ryan's been on the podcast before, RJ. Um, and so I'll bring up his concern. Do you, do you have a, any concern or, like, let down or anything that Loki has not just become a protagonist but a good guy? I think it's okay, uh, because they've been very clear about the rules at this point, which is that there are multiple versions of people running around. We've got Richard E. Grant and we got Crokey. Uh, so is that, like, is that his actual name or is that his actual name? <laughs> that's what everybody's calling him. Uh, that's what we call him. So Crokey. Um, but the yeah, Nova I mean, variant. the Nova yeah, but, variant. Well, yeah, there's all this. The Nova different variant, variant. Yeah. There, there are all these different variants. So it's certainly like, you can ask yourself this, you know, bend your brain around this one. It's like, is this actually the Loki that our Loki that we that we previously had in the MCU? It may not be. No, it isn't. Good point. It isn't. Know, it's it's so, the Loki from 2012. I yeah. Well, I mean, like, granted, but this version of Loki has been through everything that that other version of Loki hasn't, and vice versa. And so, like, they're very clearly not going to be the same person um and so like on that level alone you're like okay cool like you've established this as a thing that there are multiple universes and multiple versions of people it's like okay all right go ahead I'll finish your thought because then i don't yeah okay. yeah go ahead so i i shared something in our in our private chat today and it's it's out there um that i, I mean if you line up wandavision and Loki, the two finales, at the exact same timestamp when Wanda becomes the Scarlet Witch is when Kang, I guess we'll just say Kang, because I, I I just want to say, he, of, I want to, I want to say Kang. he who shall not be named, you know, but I know that's Voldemort. I can't remember whether he went by. But anyway, um, but at that exact same moment, that's when he says, we've crossed the threshold. So it's like Wanda basically created the multiverse at that time or so I, but anyway those two things line up and then also when agatha hits the ground is when he drops whatever it was he had in his hand um and if that was on accident boy was that a happy accident but i have a feeling that that was marvel making a very big conscious artistic decision to do that um and maybe that explains why kang seemed to be kind of rambling up until you know, twenty seven forty five or whatever it is, but um, yeah, find it on YouTube. It is really really cool. I don't know what you guys think of that. Did you had you seen that before? 
I mean, it was fun, but like, again, like it's like a mind bender, right? Because like Kang and everything that's going on with him is at the end of time, basically, right? The end, end of known time. So that's when this stuff is happening. And then the, this other stuff happening with Wanda's in whatever year it is in the MCU at that point, 2025 or whatever, something like that. Um, so it's like, eh, yeah, no, I, I, it's cool. It's kind of a fun thing to like speculate on, but like they made it very clear over the course of the show. And like, do you trust the narrator? Granted. Uh, but they made it very cl clear over the course of the show that it's like, okay, these two Lokis getting together and like developing feelings for each other is what caused that huge rift. That's what mm -hmm. caused it. Um, and again, like it could, it's a fun fan theory that it could have been that Wanda's emergence could somehow be related. And but you know, who knows? It's fun. Yeah, and, and I th and I think I mean, this is one of the things that Marvel has kind of mastered is the idea of stuff interlinking that seems random. You know, you meet a character, a side character in one movie that has a minor role, two movies later, major character. Like, even the idea of introducing Kang, the, not giving him the name of Kang the Conqueror, because this isn't Kang the Conqueror per se. He's a variant of Kang the Conqueror. But then that, you know, you're meeting him here, uh, much in the same way you were meant to meet uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus as Contessa at the end of Black Widow, but instead you meet her at the end of Falcon and Winter Soldier. So I guess they like to do those kind of things and just kind of leave you with a, there's more to come from this. So I guess maybe this takes us into the next topic here. And so when you think about WandaVision, you think about Falcon and Winter Soldier, and you think about Loki, what are they setting up? Because they're clearly, I mean, they're bridging the gaps between phase three and phase four. What what plot points do you think are being set up? Now, I am, I'm not steep in MCO, MCU, or I'm sorry, Marvel lore. So I'm going to leave this to you guys to speculate. But what do you see when you watch these three series as what is coming up? You go, you go first. Uh, okay, so we know for, we know for start, Kang the Conqueror is the big bad of this phase. We know that he is coming, that we're going to see him in Quantumania. We're going to see him in, a, in, you know, in some aspect. One of the advantages of having multiple versions of the same character are kind of different is that he could pop up in any movie in a different kind of way. The ultimate finale, I think we're going to get Secret Wars, which for those of you who don't know, Secret Wars was this whole uh, uh, angle of the timelines or the multiverse basically collapsing onto one another. And that one of the universe's Marvel heroes basically decide, the heck with it all. The, the, the way to get out of this is we eliminate everybody else and we save ourselves. So it could end up being with something as, as big and bombastic. You know, when you think about how they ramp up the stakes from something like Infinity War and Endgame, something like, okay, Captain Marvel and Black Panther and Shang-Chi and Doctor Strange are now fighting themselves, but not in a way kind of like, you know, kind of like Civil War had the good guys fighting the good guys. They're all, they're, all the evil ones are going to have mustaches and goatees. Is that well, how it actually, works? Well, actually, the good ones have the mustaches and the goatees now. <laughs> so, But that's the idea. It's You end up in a situation where you could have a massive come together end of the next phase being 
the multiverse kind of collapsing once again. We're seeing the creation now. We see I'm when I'm sorry. Those, this this sounds yeah. like the end of Blazing Saddles when all the cowboys are fighting in the in the studio. But anyway, <laughs> this on you. I'm working for Mel Brooks. <laughs> yes, we're gonna have to go right to ludicrous speed. <gasps> ludicrous speed. Sir, we've never gone that fast before. I don't know if the ship can take it. What's the matter, Colonel Sanders? Chicken? <laughs> Dave, what do you, what do you, what do you see when you see these three series? What are they what are they setting up here? Uh, what Fred is saying, it makes a lot of sense. It's sort of the end point, but we're going to have a lot of fun getting there. Um, and I like um, my speculation with this has been like, you can't go down the multi-universe thing endlessly, right? Like people are going to get tired of it. I got tired of Loki, right? I got, we were talking going into the last episode. I was like, I'm, I'm sick of the mystery boxes and the mystery boxes and all the Lokis. And I just, I'm like, I, I'm, okay, I'm done. And so I think like you have to be weighing that at, as a studio and they've shown that they're really clued into this sort of thing and, and, and giving audiences what they want. So I would, I would trust them in that way. I think they're going to try to move away from it for a while. And so you're going to have like, we're in it right now, right? Loki has set it up. And so you're going to see it over the next few movies. You're going to see, you're probably going to see it in Shang-Chi or that may be set slightly before this. I don't know. Um, You're definitely going to see it in Spider-Man. You're definitely going to see it in the Doctor Strange sequel. Um, and then, of course, Quantum Mania is going to introduce like evil Kang, like Kang Kang, big Kang. Um, and <laughs> Kang Kang. <laughs> Kang Kang. Um, so that's Can Can. Yeah, Sorry. that's can, that's can. a little bit of a different thing there. Yeah. Wait, that, that's a uh, 19. 19- 20s reference just, <laughs> just saying can can we're, can can we're dating ourselves even further than normal is his, uh, is, po- is pootie tang gonna be in this as well there you go there's a there's a relevant <laughs> reference we're back uh, we're back in the 90s we're back in the 90s yes um but yeah no i this is what we're gonna see at like spider-man i think is gonna be nuts and then you're gonna get wanda and then think about multiverses, different versions of the characters that we know, right? You could get a different Strange, a different Wanda, a different Mordo. I mean, like, there are a lot of possibilities there that could be really, really crazy. And so I think that the, the, they're going to tap it out at that point, and they're going to be wise to kind of back a little bit so so i'm sorry the um the end of uh falcon and winter soldier when julie louis julie louis dreyfus came and recruited what's his butt you know evil captain america um what what is what is going on there explain that explain that to me and um fredo you were about to make a point though i want to hit that uh, I'm just, I was just going to mention real quick before I mention what Julie Louis-Dreyfus is, and it's kind of funny. I'm going to bring Rick and Morty into it because they're having season, they're season five right now. They literally just had an episode where all these different versions of their characters end up having hunting and killing one another, and I can totally see why Aaron. It could be quite exhausting because you get. I mean, this was a comedy show animated for 30 minutes, and even towards the end, you're like, "What the heck is this all about?" Right. And it's funny, you see people reacting to you, you're like, okay, 
we're getting it, we're getting it, and then it's, it kind of goes off, and you got armies of the same family fighting and killing one another. You're like, okay, none of this makes any sense. I'm out. So they have to. Marvel will have to be very cautious about how much they stretch that concept of the multiverse and variants and etc. Because otherwise, you're right. You, they're gonna miss. They're gonna you know start losing people out because. You know, there's there's a certain point where everybody kind of goes, okay, I'm out. So yeah, um, yeah. Uh, and I was, you know, and I'm a big fan of this stuff. I was nearly there. Um, like I was like, come on, really? Are we doing this? Am I, am I still into this? Um, one thing about our transition here, okay, as we're going to start talking about what's going on with Julie Louis Dreyfus, um, there is a power vacuum right now within the MCU, right? Because Tony and uh, Steve are gone. Mm -hmm. And so the Avengers, this is, this is a question I kept coming back to. I was like, well, like I'm watching WandaVision. I'm thinking, shouldn't the Avengers be here? <laughs> shouldn't they be involved in this? Shouldn't they be, you know, like addressing this head on? Because this is a, this is a job for the Avengers, you know, like that kind of thing. Uh, we're not, that's not happening. And I think that's a very deliberate choice. Enter julie louis dreyfus and her merry band of psychos and um i think what's um what's fun is seeing in the shang chi trailer abomination fighting wong yeah but i think like okay like if you're looking for bizarro versions of our current superheroes, right. That aren't actually alternate universe versions of them, but it's like actual people who exist in this universe already. It's like, well, okay. You got, you got mean, you got mean cap who murdered a guy. Uh, <laughs> you, you know, you're, you're starting to put the team together. Who, uh, there's who, is, be... a, who is abomination? Sorry. Hulk. Okay. So uh, yeah. Mean Hulk. Yeah, right. Mean Hulk. So now you got Mean Hulk because, like, I guarantee you that's where we're headed with that. Um, because we haven't seen Abomination since the Incredible Hulk movie. And so, like, you bringing him back now? I mean, I'm, I'm all for it because I thought he was an interesting character. Um, but the timing of it is interesting. I'll just say that. Yeah. Um, and so, like, that's going to be a major point uh of this of these next few movies they're building towards that and if there's a an avengers movie uh in this phase um i would not be surprised if it culminated in in that the real avengers versus the fake avengers so let, let me ask you this because you, you made the comment you know um iron man captain america out so do you think that they you're you're going to have to sell an established audience on a new band that maybe only has like the bass player and the drummer the lead guitar player and the lead singer they've gone off and you've got you know you you've got uh Sammy Hagar fronting you know Van Halen now so do, you, do you, is that is that does that worry you that um, Marvel movies are going to suffer from 
the B cast trying to become the A cast, or do you think they set them up well enough to to do that? Because we well, they- talked about it, it's like it seems like this is the that um, you know Brie Larson, um, probably uh, Benedict Cumberbatch, um, Tom Holland, they're probably going to be shouldering a lot of the weight here. I'll tell you that this is all deliberate, right? Right. I mean, I'm telling you this right now because, like, if you think about it from the perspective of, like, you know, the dork fans who are, like, you know, what gathering around the water cooler having these conversations, who's going to be the lead Avenger? Right. They had those conversations in the writer's room. Who's going to be the lead Avenger? And so, out of those conversations, this idea sprang, right? Which was like, well, there is none. So, what would happen? within the story if that were the case and this other group of people would arise to kind of fill that void right and the reason that they're doing it i think the way that they're doing it now which is to try to lend some sympathy to the the new avengers is to kind of put that doubt into audiences minds like i'm not sure which side to root for here and so when this conflict happens people will have uh, conflict about like who to root for in a similar way that we saw with with Civil War. Mm-hmm. At least that's my take on it. I'm sorry, I left <laughs> off Anthony Mackie as well. I think obviously he's going to have a big yeah set of shoulders. Of course he does. Of course he does. And he you know he'll tell you to cut the check. And, <laughs> uh, but uh, no, I think and I think look, you can kind of tell that there was there was a recognition that Black Panther was going to be kind of the the new central figure going forward but unfortunately that couldn't happen so now they're rewriting it on the fly and i think dave is right that they're rather than having one central avenger you know kind of like tony stark was for the first three phases of the mcu it's going to be a, a burden shouldered by the likes of whoever ends up being the new black panther dr strange captain marvel and uh possibly shang chi and then what's what's going to be even more interesting is as new character and Spider-Man. And then it's going to be more interesting as they bring in more characters because they've made it clear that they're not bringing the X-Men at this point. That could be the the one after this uh, arc. Uh, and one that will probably play a big role in that aspect. But then, you know, I'm kind of still waiting to hear the words Fantastic Four somewhere in there. Well, because if you're doing a multiverse, like, it looks like the logo that they've been using for Phase Four looks a lot like Fantastic Four. That's, exactly. I mean, and if you're talking interdimensional travel, if you're talking esoteric, out there, trippy '60s comic book, they're literally not bigger than the Fantastic Four. I mean, even if you want to bring it to modern times, the whole idea again, bring it back to Rick and Morty. The Council of Ricks is a riff on the council of reeds you know a whole council of reed richards the smartest man in the world all decided oh yeah we'll just you know form a club together so it could be a way to bring them into the fold as well so i think uh david's right that it's not going to be one avenger kind of being the central focus it's going to be a whole bunch because they also know they probably can't do it again and not be left in a lurch when unfortunate real life happens so so, I mean, real talk, I mean, because, again, I, I'm different than the two of you and uh, probably 
it's a good thing <laughs> for, for in your cases, it's a good thing that you're not like me, but no, you know, my, my point is that, you know, because I did, again, I did not grow up with, you know, with Marvel that, that just wasn't my thing. So I came, you know, so I did my homework, you know, during the pandemic and I watched all these movies and I got to know all these characters that were in everybody's movies in this, this group of people and now we're starting a new a new phase i mean we're starting a new venture where there's a lot of people that i don't know and so i am not as excited for shang chi as i am for the new captain marvel movie i'm not as excited for you know some of these other things because it is something because they are things that i don't recognize that i don't know um so do you think that that is a that's going to be i guess how does marvel get over that hurdle because they're going to need to keep you know people like me there's a lot of a lot of people who were the same as what i did just came into the marvel just by seeing these movies and again i, I go back to now it's van halen with gary sharon you know as the lead singer how do you sell oh, the audience on this Oh dear God, please not, not, not Van Halen 3. Uh, I'll just say the one thing that Marvel can stand upon is that they have done it. I mean, in the middle of, you know, they started out by putting Iron Man and Thor and Captain America, two guys, well, one who had never been on any kind of screen, one who had been on a TV screen as a second character to the Lou Ferrigno show, and one who made one of the worst comic book movies ever in 1990. If you ever see the 1990 Captain America movie, oh gosh. And yeah, Dave has because, uh, but they were willing to roll the dice on this and hey, look, they got it. They were shown to be right. And in the middle of their success, here they come and say, hey, let's put out this silly movie made by a horror director where two of the five characters are a talking tree that says three words and a talking raccoon. I, they, I give you that that was a gamble, but then what did they come with right after that? Try to remember. Was it Spider-Man? Well, no. no, I think they came back with, you know, characters that we, you know, that we've seen. And that's my point is that it's kind of like the most, the most brilliant cover band I ever, I ever saw was that they would play a couple covers that everybody liked. Then they would play an original mm-hmm. and then they play a couple covers and then they play original. And then they play a couple covers and they put, so it kept people, okay, I'll, I'll put up with this original thing because we're coming back to stuff that I know. And my worry is that, like I said, in this next phase is that there's going to be a lot of originals and not a lot of, of, I recognize this. And so are they going to lose some audience members? Dave? In the short term, maybe because the pandemic is a factor for sure. And so they're in a position where they've kind of made a risky gamble because the two like new properties are first on deck. Um, you've got Shang-Chi and you've got the Eternals. Those are the next two things. Um, and so um, they're in a position where it is kind of a risky place to be in. But after that, they go right back to Spider-Man. They go to Doctor Strange, Thor, Black Panther, Captain Marvel, Ant-Man, Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay. And then they 
they wrap it up with Fantastic Four. So, you know, like that's a lot of properties that people are already familiar with, right? And there. Plus, and a lot so, of a lot of TV stuff that's going to be familiar. So, very yeah. much. And you know, Hawkeye's coming, and we've got the Hulks are coming, and um, yeah. So it's you know, it's right now in the short term, they may take a few losses because again, like I think it's pandemic related. It's like, do I really need to go to the theater to see the, you know, this new character that I don't know anything about? Um, no, I think that's but, an interesting, I think that's an interesting point to bring up because Brittany and I went to the theater. You watched uh, black widow on Disney plus. What, what do you think about just, let's talk about that as a tangent. What do you think about that as a, as a business model i suppose i mean i think it's smart forget about the pandemic for right now let's say covid doesn't exist and i mean (sighs) if you have if you have uh disney plus and you can either watch black widow at home or you can go to the theater and watch black widow i mean I think if there's a um if there's no pandemic i think there's some kind of a, a staggered uh, release. Um, and I think like that would make sense. I would even tolerate that now. Um, as a, as a person who's refusing to go to a theater in the short term, I, you know, I now would, you pay, I would, you pay a little premium to watch it, you know, watch the new releases, but so, you know, I would be willing to, you know, watch a new release a couple of weeks after people who are willing That's to go great. to the theater. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm just thinking from the standpoint of, you know, somebody like Dave, who's got, you know, it's him, it's Kate, it's three kids, packing them all in, getting them to the theater, the cost of the theater experience, etc. You know, you give them the alternative that, hey, for 25, 30 bucks, you get to have that at home. And it's more of a, you know, you get to fit it on your schedule and you get to fit in an environment in which you're comfortable. And, you know, if the kids get bored, you can press pause or if you need to run to the bathroom. You press pause. That's a big selling point for a lot of families, and you know, uh, again, the theater experience is awesome, but not necessarily when you have to meet everybody's demands. So for a lot of people, I, that's something we, that I imagine will stay with us into the future. Just the idea of if you want to see that new movie because you want to, but you're maybe not out of a position or spot where you want to do go to a theater, the, the premium access model might help. I mean. I just saw so, so tangent today. Uh, Warner Brothers dropped the next trailer for uh, Denny Villeneuve's Dune. It looks awesome. I want to see it in a movie theater. That's a movie. I mean, Villeneuve's got a great visual eye. I want to see it in a movie theater. The problem ended, but HBO Warner Brothers is also dropping it the same day on HBO Max. Now, would that work on a normal tangent? Now, would I be more willing to see it if they told me? Oh yeah, you can you can watch it for free at home versus you pay a little premium but you get to see it at home. Maybe me by myself, I go, eh, I'll risk it and go to the theater. Somebody else might go, it's too much of an effort. I'd rather see it at home. See, no, I think I think uh, studios. I, I agree that I think we're going to see a lot more of this because it's kind of like a friend of mine who's a musician here. You know, she has a. Uh, suitcase full of cds that when you go see her live you can buy the cd but she would also sell these little usb drive bracelets that had her music on there you i mean so you paid just as much 
but you know, yeah, I mean, there are people who like to sit there and read all the liner notes and everything, but there are some people who just want the music. And it's like, I want people to have my music and I want to make a few bucks. So if you can reach the people, you know, that even, like I said, throw the pandemic out of this, that some people just don't like going to movie theater, mm-hmm. but they would watch the movie if they get to sit in their recliner. Um, it's much, it's so. much in the same way that Jasper's does when they offer up those VIP packages. If you want to have a seating area that's covered, Hey, pay us a few hundred bucks per day, and you get to have a sitting area with, uh, with uh, you know, that's covered in case of the rain. You don't have to be in the muck with everybody else. Or if you buy a brass pass, you can have a private area or whatever. So, so let's. There's uh, always a benefit. So I guess we'll wrap up with uh, with this last question that Dave Dave put on our agenda. What What do you like? What What do you hope? What do you like? What I guess. What would you like to see in this next phase? Or I'm going to put it, I'm going to rephrase it. What do you hope to see? So, um, cause I think, yeah, I'd like to see that, but I really hope to see this. I mean, I'm not going to be able to answer this because I'm going in kind of as a newbie. So I guess let's throw it to one of you guys first. What do you, what do you hope to see in this next phase of movies? Okay, we and that we means you got to wrap it up quick. We got to do it fast. Wrap it up. Uh, Dr. Doom. I want to see Dr. Doom. He is my favorite comic book villain of all time. Greatest movie comic book villain of all time. Just give him to me. I want to see more crossovers. And then, you know, I, I it can be a little hit or miss. And I know that. But uh, I want to see the X-Men. Uh, they can do that now. You can say that all that stuff that happened with Hugh Jackman was in a different universe. It, you know that it's easy at this point to to write it off uh i want to see all that i want to see they did they did make retconning really easy didn't they oh yeah oh yeah they can do anything (laughs) they want at this point including like rewriting history stuff that we've already seen in the mcu itself they can rewrite at this point because a you've got the alternate universe stuff you've got confirmed scrolls out running around which we didn't even talk about any of that which there's a whole freaking series that's going to be devoted to that mm-hmm. um, shapeshifters that can make you basically look like anybody and yeah. wreak havoc. That's going to be a big part of the next phase. Um, yeah. So they can rewrite anything that we've already seen at this point too, and make it plausible. So I don't want them to necessarily go that route, but like bring the X-Men in. Absolutely. Um, and I want to see Spider-Man just be nuts when when i got rumors uh hearing like alfred molina was going to be in this thing i'm like sign me up sign me up i want to see four different spider-man swinging across the screen at once fighting doc ock and green goblin i would love it so what what is your greatest fear This is how okay. we'll end it. What is your greatest fear for this next phase? That they end up having no way to kind of nail the landing. I think if there's any one thing that Endgame showed, even though it wasn't planned like this, somewhere on the way they realized they could kind of bring it all in together. And there's a reason why there's videos on YouTube of people losing their minds when the portals open and on your left is said and everything and Avengers assemble. And it's going to be tough for them to try to hit that point again. If they can, it's going to be amazing. 
but I'd be afraid that they're in trying to do so, they just scream wildly out of control. It's it's a fine balance. It's a you can end up Avengers Endgame, you can end up Rise of Skywalker. I'd say my biggest fear would be them playing it safe. And I don't think they're in any danger of doing that right now. But it's like we were talking about the new properties, right? And that's risky that bringing them in. But now, then right after that, you're getting a lot of the old familiar characters. And um, I think they're going to be in, they're going to be appearing in interesting stories. Um, there's a lot of potential to screw up the Black Panther story. There's a lot of potential for Thor love and thunder to be just an absolute train wreck, but those are risky moves. And I respect that. Um, I think like it would, there's a, there's an opportunity probably let's say in this phase that we're in right now, they, they have a few missteps. Let's say love and thunder is a mess. Let's say black Panther, they don't nail the landing. There's going to be this impulse to kind of circle back to what we do know and what we've done before and try to play it safe and go back to the characters that people like, you know, and that kind of thing. So that would be my fear. Cool. Well, hey, well, a good, good Marvel discussion. You guys have alleviated my fears for the next phase, though. So, um, uh, but anyway, so uh, cool. Anything for the good of the order before we sign off? Um, what is? What are you guys planning on going to a uh, training camp? Uh, we're thinking about uh, maybe the thirty first. Why? No, no, I'm just this training camp's coming up. Yeah, um, of course. Uh, yeah, we won't get into that whole mess. So anyway, no, uh, they'll they'll be interesting to see what what happens with with the Saints, to be sure. So in all NFL teams now that if if somebody's not vaccinated and they get COVID, they can forfeit, or they will forfeit. I'm like, right on NFL. I mean, so, uh, but we'll leave that. So, um, cool. Well, anyway, so everybody have a great week. Remember, to, if you like our podcast, please. Uh, let people know about it and they can get it on about any podcatcher they get. Um, but until then we will say who dat and everybody have, like I said, a great week. Bye-bye. My